Welcome to Witham Sounding Board, a podcast sharing powerful business tips, insights, and trends for those seeking to become a rock star in their industry. Welcome to Witham's Perspectives from the Bankruptcy Cliff, where we provide our perspective on various questions related to the insolvency and bankruptcy affecting individuals and businesses. I'm John Liska, and I will be the host for this session. I'm a member of Witham's Forensic and Valuation Services Group, and our team focuses on the unique needs of individuals and businesses going through a reorganization process, experiencing financial distress, or considering bankruptcy as an option. Today, I'm joined by Serena Sawney, who is a member of our team to get her perspective on fraudulent conveyances. We need to start out by reminding everyone that the information you're about to hear is, is general in nature and should not be acted upon without advice and counsel of qualified legal representation and financial advisors who can evaluate your unique circumstances. Let's dig in. So Serena, what is a fraudulent conveyance or a fraudulent transfer for that matter? Sure, a fraudulent conveyance or a fraudulent transfer is when a debtor transfers money or property either to an individual or an entity with the intent to avoid paying any debts to creditors. It can also be a transfer made for less than fair value. And so what is it exactly that makes a transfer considered fraudulent? A transfer is considered fraudulent if there is intent to hinder, delay, or defraud a creditor. So if a debtor is looking to avoid paying their liabilities, uh, they're gonna try to transfer monies or properties, let's say over to an insider, uh, but the intent is there there's actual intent when he does he or she does that it's also can be a transfer made for uh, less than fair value as well okay that, that makes sense and how many different types of trans fraudulent transfers are there uh, there are two types of fraudulent transfers something called actual fraud and constructive fraud actual fraud is again when a debtor intentionally transfers assets with the intent not to pay a liabilities, let's say to an insider. Constructive fraud occurs when uh, a transfer occurs for less than reasonable equivalent value and the debtor is in a distressed financial situation. Uh, it also, uh, I guess what distinguishes really the two frauds is, you know, again, what's the intent of the debtor? Okay, so then how exactly would a creditor prove intent? So you mean actual intent, right? Actual intent, how, excuse how me. How I would a, a creditor approve act, uh, prove actual intent? So uh, creditors rely often on circumstantial evidence to prove actual intent. In fact, courts rely on something called the badges of fraud, which are essentially different factors used or, or I should say, different types of evidence used, the confluence for, for which can help prove whether a, a debtor had actual intent. Sure, could you, you know, provide some examples to help clarify? Sure, I just wanted to state before I answer that, each state has different um, badges of fraud or, or factors or evidence they look at in proving actual intent. Some states may have seven factors, some may have 11. Um, so I'm gonna just talk about really what I see as a lot of the commonalities amongst the different states in terms of the factors. So one of the most obvious is, is the transfer or obligation went to an insider. That's pretty obvious. 
And what do you mean by an insider? Great question. So an insider is can be the debtor or any associate of the debtor, such as a friend or relative. It can also be uh, a business entity if affiliated with the debtor. So other additional evidence or factors within the badges of fraud include um, the transfer or obligation was concealed. The debtor had possession of and control of the asset even after the transfer was made. So as an example, uh, I've, I've worked on, on uh, cases where uh, debtors have uh, you know, put bank accounts in the names of their friends. But if they still have control over those accounts, they meet one of these factors. Additionally, if assets are obvious things, like if the assets are concealed, if most of debtor's assets were transferred, um, if the debtor fleed or absconded, that's a pretty obvious one. And or if by, lastly, you know, if by the debtor uh, transferring an asset, either at the time was insolvent or became insolvent after that transfer, uh, that's evidence also that can be used to prove actual intent. Great. And how about constructive fraud? What, what are some of the criteria uh, for identifying constructive fraud? Sure. There's two elements, essentially, as it relates to constructive fraud. Uh, the first being, again, you're, you're making a transfer for less than reasonable equivalent value. Uh, and the second is, um, at the time that you made the transfer, you made, uh, you were either insolvent or you became insolvent or when, were in some distressed financial situation when the transfer or after the transfer occurred. Uh, usually in constructive fraud, it's not necessary to prove actual intent as it is in actual fraud. Sure. So if I was being accused of fraud, what, what kind of defenses would I have against such a claim? Right. So there's two defenses. One is called the good faith defense, which is pretty much says it all. It's it's you you engaged in the transaction uh, based on good faith. You know, it was in the ordinary course of business. Um, and the second being you did receive reasonable equivalent value for that transfer. Excellent. So what kind of role can forensic accountants play in assisting creditors and trying to prove the badges of fraud? Great question. So uh, based on my experience, essentially, you know, we can help look at financial books and records, uh, interview individuals involved with the transactions, review deposition testimony in helping prove each of the badges of fraud. And again, it depends on each state. So depending on what their badges of fraud criteria are, that's where we would come in. And we can write a report and state our opinions regarding these badges of fraud. Great, thank you, Serena, that was really insightful. Thank you, I hope John. everyone has found the information on fraudulent conveyances helpful as well. Should you have any specific questions regarding your unique circumstances, please reach out to a member of our team as our contact information can be found at witham.com under the Forensic Evaluation Services. This episode, as well as others in the series, can be found at witham.com. I thank you for listening to Witham's Perspectives from the Bankruptcy Cliff. Thanks for joining us. 
Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you'll be first in line to hear what's coming next. Don't want to wait for our next episode? Check us out at Witham.com. That's W-I-T-H-U-M.com.